TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to ServicePatriots.com. This week, it's all on the line for college football's best. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America, that's my favorite kind of team. This is a College Bowl Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Mods PDX. The future of building is here. They like to drink their haterade and eat their hater tots. College Bowl Week with Danny and Dusty on 1080 The Fan. Hour number two here in Danny and Dusty in a bowl preview week on a Friday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. We love you. In case you missed any part of the show, you can find us wherever you get your podcast. Brought to you by Service Patriots. Service Patriots, your home comfort solution for all of your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for all our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. And for those of you out there, hit us up on the Vancouver Ford text line with your thoughts, whether it's Oregon versus Liberty, Liberty. Texas versus Washington, Michigan versus Alabama. The college football playoff is going to hit this weekend. We reminder, we will not be here on Monday when those games are going on. Dusty will be working said sideline in Oregon versus Liberty Liberty. I'm just going to say Liberty Liberty every time. I think we've all kind of just we've reached that, that point. Yeah. Uh, but we will have games galore and a quick little game check in Notre Dame. Notre, 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 game. <laughs> Notre Dame leads 14 nothing here in the third quarter, 10-30 remaining in the Sun Bowl down in El Paso, Texas. It's been, a, uh, it's been an ugly game. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame's kind of been dominating at this point. Last check, uh, outgaining the Beavs 254 to 103. Yeah. 13 first downs to five. Yeah. It's not been great. Not been great. What should be great. Uh, which is not really being talked about much, at least that I've seen, is that Washington-Texas is a rematch of last year's Alamo Bowl. A game that Texas won, or that Washington won 27-20. And the staggering majority of big players are returning to this game. And yet, I've seen quite a lot of, of push of Texas uh, is going to be a team that walks away with this. Uh ESPN's SPI, or excuse me, SP Plus, mm-hmm. has uh, Texas winning this game by six. Hmm. 33-27, which, okay, Looks it's interesting. Like Texas currently four-point favorites in that neighborhood. It's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I had this as, as, as basically a push. Uh-huh. I think you you've got Washington has the Joe Moore Award winning offensive line, mm-hmm. the award handed to the best offensive line in the country. Uh, he was sacked the fourth least amount of time and held or their negative plays behind the line of scrimmage. They were at the fifth least. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. 
<laughs> the old Heisman finalist quarterback. Heisman finalist quarterback. You've got three NFL talents at wide receiver. A Belitnikov finalist, I believe, also in uh, uh, Dunze. Yeah. Um, they're good. They're really good. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a matchup of a, one of the best offenses in the country in Washington and a very good offense in Texas, but a probably a not probably a, a better defense and a more physical defense from Texas. I saw it on the Vancouver Four text line. It was something that I was going to bring up earlier. Was the the uh, oh, I'm sorry, it must have been in the YouTube chat. I want to give credit where it's due. Joel, yeah, uh, game likely could come down to a situational football. Saw a t- stat that UT offensively is 69th in the nation on third down and 119th in red zone efficiency, while UW is 11th on third down and 18th in the red zone. It's quarterback play. It's wide receivers. Mm-hmm. That's what that comes down to. Ewers has been a dude this year. Yeah, I mean, other when other than when he got injured, Malik Murphy had to fill in for him. He's been an absolute monster. Uh, Opta Sports has uh, one of their their uh, uh, breakdowns as it pertains to Michael Penix. He obviously led the nation in passing yards, um, but he ranked 15th in the country, averaging essentially 11 air yards per attempt. Per attempt. Yeah. That's insane. Yes. Compare and contrast that with yours, who is the 16th lowest Air yards per attempt at 7.53. Again, mm-hmm. Bo Nix was the second lowest or lowest. So gotcha. Lowest doesn't necessarily mean bad. It means right. does offense is does, does what what is the offense designed to do? Yeah. Washington's offense is just throwing yes. right crosses and uppercuts the entire game. Yes. Throw that ball down drive field. puts you under pressure. Yes. Under pressure. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Oh no! Wait, that's the vanilla ice one. There you go. <laughs> yes, uh, Penix has in that in that same category. They have their air yards versus their 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 tracking data, which is well thrown percentage. Penix has the second best well thrown percentage on those those deep balls. Holy <laughs> shnikes! Right. So turns out, number one. Being able to throw the living hell out of the ball with maybe the best touch in the country on a deep ball, mm-hmm. but also having a Dunze, McMillan, Polk as the guys that you're throwing to, super useful. And as we saw in the Pac-12 title game, uh, as Washington started to kind of take over that game down the stretch, what was it? Yes, it was Bo Nix struggling in the first quarter and, and being off kilter. He found his game. But it was that Oregon did not have the depth or the capacity to cover all three of those guys for Washington. And I, that's not a slight on Oregon. Mm-hmm. Nobody has it. That's the problem. That's how they break you. Is that you roll two over the top of Odunze, Polk and McMillan are getting single coverage. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Have fun. That's, that's, yeah. it's, the, they, it's the San Francisco 49ers of college football. Oh, you want to roll two over to Debo? Here's Ayuk. Here's Kittle. Here's McCaffrey underneath on an option route. That's what they do to you. And it's going to be interesting to see which is going to have their way. Can Texas's offense, like as, as noted here on the YouTube chat, can they keep their drives going? Because we saw Washington's defense in that Pac-12 title game. Mm-hmm. They came to play. Yeah. 
They came to play. That is the best performance they had. I don't care what the score was. The disruptive nature of Washington's defense against Oregon in the Pac-12 title game was not something I was prepared for them to have. Bo Nix having happy feet on that first drive was shocking. Right. He was the most composed, just picture of consistency all season. And he looked like a freshman. Yeah. For those first, was it the first two drives? Yeah. And that's not, I'm not saying anything negative about Bo. I'm saying, holy crap, I didn't know Washington had that in him, in them. Whether it's, it's Braylon Trice, whether it's ZTF, whether that's secondary Muhammad, who just played like a dude all game long. That's, that's, that's what you kind of, you know, you start kind of raising your eyebrows a little bit. This on the Vancouver Ford text line. All texts of the fan are, are via the Vancouver Ford text line. Your dollar goes for at Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during, and after sale. Visit VancouverFord.com. 503-864-6326. Give us your thoughts on Washington and Texas. If Dylan Gabriel could carve up Texas, Penix could definitely do the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. The I I find myself the question I, I I'm asking Russ, it, and I it's it maybe needs a paradigm shift. Should I be asking can Texas or can Washington beat Texas or should I be asking can Texas beat Washington? Right. Because you're again you're seeing Texas is favored. Mm-hmm. You're seeing that SP Plus is picking Texas. Yet when I look at things, I go, where is Texas winning the matchup? Yeah. At what point? What positional matchup are they better? Are they? Are they? Are they is their secondary so good that they can slow down Washington? I don't. Not with those receivers. No. No. Is is Quinn Ewers better than Michael Penix? No. No. Is Texas's pass rush going to be able to dominate Washington? I think that's the biggest key in the game. Right. Because I have faith that Washington is going to be able to score. How efficiently and how effectively? That'll be the question. Texas. You know that they can be a good team. They've beaten good teams a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as a, as a highlight, I want to highlight this from, uh, again, Ops of Sports. Uh, they have their contested catches versus burn rate. Burn rate is how often they, they break coverage. Mm-hmm. Roma Dunze had the second highest burn rate in the country, i.e. breaking coverage. Uh, Malik Neighbors was, was, number, was number one. His contested catches, number one in the country. 16. 16 yeah. contested <laughs> catches. And this is for guys who have a minimum of 80 targets. The next highest is 10. That's a big gap. That's one and a half a game where I trust my dude yeah. to just beat you, to yep. just moss you at the top. Does Texas have that? Does Texas have that ability to do that? I, uh, right? I guess uh, as old uh, uh, was it Herm? That's why they play the game. You play to win well, that the game. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's why they play the game. I guess you know. Yeah, we can sit and that's that's the fun part of what we do. So, what's interesting about this? Uh, the, the reason I, I want I, I pulled from this one because they were the one one site that I saw consistently. Uh, Opta Analytics is is projecting Washington as the winner, as a win probability of just under fifty eight percent, which is closer to kind of how I have it, right? Which is basically a 
a push mm-hmm. with a nod going to the Heisman finalist quarterback team. Yeah. That's in today's world, you can't break unless you're Georgia and you've got eleven NFL draft picks on your defense, mm-hmm. you can't break teams like that anymore. Right. Well, and don't forget, and also the Boletnikov finalist, if I'm right. Yes. Yeah. So I mean that's that's one hell of a connection uh, right there. Roman Dunze is the second best wide receiver in the country. Yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr. than him. I, I, you can argue everywhere else. I don't care. What the neighbor's kid from LSU? From, from LSU, Troy Flankin's a, gr- a great wide receiver, but he's I, right up there with Keon him. Coleman at Florida State. I, look to me, and what I've seen from Adunze, a guy that runs a four three at six foot four, two hundred twenty five pounds, mm-hmm. runs a living hell out of routes. Hey, there's, there's no. You put a little guy on him, he high points him. You yeah. put a big guy on him, he runs past him. You put him in option routes, him and Penix have such a relationship, they know where each other's going to be. And Penix is going, if it comes down to it, we know what Penix will do in the fourth quarter. He will find him, he will get him the ball. Mm-hmm. All of this isn't to downplay Texas. Quinn Ewers has been a dude. They, they beat Alabama. They beat the dreaded beast from the SEC. They have got players on that team. They have the ability to get after the quarterback. Yeah. They have the ability to play complementary football. But when I look at this through and through, it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It'll be a hell of a game to watch. I, I, I'm excited to watch that. Between these two games, uh, Michigan-Alabama and Washington-Texas, I think Washington-Texas is the one that I'm more interested in. Mm-hmm. Not even because it's local, but I think stylistically I'm going to enjoy this one more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like McCarthy and Milrow, the quarterback play is kind of, eh. Mm-hmm. McCarthy's the game manager. Milrow, while fourth and 31 is fun, he's right. also wildly inconsistent. But that's times. the game I could wind up easily being like, you know, 20 to 17. Oh, for sure. You know. Washington, Texas has all uh, all the makings of, like, let's get weird. Yeah. In fact, what is the over in this game? Mm-hmm. 63 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> over under? Uh, I'll take the over. Yeah, I'm going to go over, too. Yeah, I'll I th- take the over. I, I think this plays like an Oregon-Washington game. And then uh, what? Over under in Alabama-Michigan is 44 and a half. <laughs> 20 points, man. Yeah. Basically three scores. Yeah. Crazy. That's just fundamental difference in how the game's going to be played. Yep. Uh, we will at two o'clock make all of our, our our predictions for who we are picking. Well, at least, at least Rust and I will uh, going into the weekend. But coming up next, we do have to take uh, a little hit uh, towards the NFL before pivoting back to college football because this weekend is basically a make or break scenario for a couple teams, and we'll get into those coming up next year on Danny Dusty, Danny the Fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. This is College Bowl Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Mod PDX. The future of building is here. On 1080 The Fan. Take a little break from college, we'll take a look at the NFL weekend coming up. 
and just how important this week is for a handful of teams. If you look around the NFL, it is a make-or-break weekend. We talked about this a little bit uh, as we looked at the playoff positioning ahead of this weekend. Jeff Rust, your Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be without Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I saw that. Bum, 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 bum. Right? Yeah. They are taking on the craptastic Carolina Panthers, so they, if you're going to have them miss a game, that's the one. This will be you the can one. get in the door for $38 in wow. Jacksonville. Chargers are heading to Denver. Uh, get-in price is $33. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. I saw that there was, uh, for the Carolina home game, was it last week? Mm-hmm. You could get in for under a dollar. Yeah. Did you see the wide shot? <laughs> I did not. Oh, buddy. <laughs> pretty, pretty pretty sparse. It was in the middle of the game, and it looked like it was still during game prep. Oh, yikes. Yeah, that's not good There was maybe anybody. 200 people in the stands. Oh, my Lord. In a building that probably holds 60,000. Right. Like, it was hard to find people. It was... Sparse is not a word you could use there. Let's just go down just, that. Just empty. It was it was something. Man. I'll tell you right now. There are some empty hopes, but they are hopes nonetheless. As it currently stands, let's, let's go through it here real quick. Here are your teams that are still mathematically alive for the playoffs. In the AFC, you have Baltimore, Miami, Cleveland have all clinched. Jacksonville sits fourth as a division leader in the AFC South. The Buffalo Bills are uh, at sixth at nine and six. The Indianapolis Colts would hold the last playoff spot at eight and seven. Now, get ready for this. They hold that position based on tiebreakers over Pittsburgh and a head-to-head win percentage. A division tiebreak was initially used to eliminate Cincinnati, which elevates Pittsburgh to a tiebreak over Cincinnati based on their head-to-head, which leads to a division tiebreak that was initially used to eliminate Houston because Indianapolis wins a tiebreak over Houston over a head-to-head win percentage. Get all that? Yeah. The tiebreak stuff is getting loose here uh, late in the season. Yeah. Now, who's still mathematically alive underneath them? Houston Texans, again, are right there at 8-7. and seven. The Pittsburgh Steelers alive again at 8-7. and seven. The Cincinnati Bengals still technically alive at 8-7. and seven. And at 7-8, and eight, America's team, Las Vegas Raiders 7-8, and eight, and the Denver Broncos also at 7-8. and eight. The Vegas Raiders currently hold the tiebreaker based on head-to-head win percentage. I believe they play this week or next week in the season. Who's that again? I'm sorry. Uh, next next week, Raiders Broncos. I couldn't remember if they were, which 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 week they were. Not sure. Okay, and then on the NFC side, teams that have clinched: Niners, Eagles, Lions, and Cowboys, holding fourth in the NFC South, lead the eight and seven Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number seven in the last wild card spot. Seattle Seahawks at eight and seven, still alive. Vikings seven eight, Falcons seven eight, Packers seven eight, Saints seven and eight, and the Bears not mathematically limited at six and nine. <laughs> That's amazing. NFC's a dumpster fire. <laughs> Complete dumpster fire. Oh, boy. It just makes no sense. So, with all of that said, there are some massive, massive games this weekend as it pertains to uh, playoff eligibility and seeding. Weirdly enough, Las Vegas at Indianapolis has massive yeah. ramifications in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Who saw that coming? No kidding, right? Indianapolis Colts, without their starting rookie quarterback, 
Anthony Richardson, out there with Minshew Magic getting it done. They have they they're in the driver's seat. Yeah. They beat the Raiders. They go to nine and seven. They're likely to hold the 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 ride, as it were. You think uh, they're in that spot if uh, Anthony Richardson's playing all year? It's a good question. I really liked what AR was doing. Mm-hmm. I really did. So I I will say yes. Yeah. I think had he stayed healthy, we would have been looking at him and C.J. Stroud, and then looking even harder at the Panthers and Bryce Young, and going, "Oof, <laughs> oof." You missed twice. <laughs> you missed twice. How? CJ Stroud's looking pretty good this year. Oh, some Stroud's yeah. been incredible. Yeah. Uh, and that you know that kind of brings me to the next game here, Tennessee at Houston. If Houston wants to stay alive, because Stroud was out dealing with the, the concussion, if they win this game, if they win their next two, it's not going to be in their hands. But they do have the opportunity to mix it up a little bit. Why? Because they play the Colts in the last week of the season. <laughs> God, the script writers got it right. Right, they know what they're doing, don't they? So you need if you're the if you're the Colts, you have to win this week. You have to win this week. Mm. If you're if you are the Texans, you have to win this week. Then it comes down to all of the tiebreaker math. Yes, and it gets ugly real quick. <laughs> It'll probably go down to points scored or points allowed or. It's something because they'll have a, they'll be one and one against each other in division, and I guess it'll matter. Uh, it'll matter who beat who where, perhaps. So it's at Indianapolis. So the Colts beat the Texans on the road, and if the Texans win, they would beat the Colts on the road. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't have a home team win or anything like that. Oh God, this is getting ugly real <laughs> quick. The tiebreakers are going to get sideways. Yes. Okay. Let's scroll down a little bit further. Baltimore has a chance to essentially rest the final two weeks of the season with a win over Miami. Jalen Waddle is out for the game with a high ankle sprain. Mm -hmm. That is a massive win. And if you were the Baltimore Ravens, you're the team that is the king of being beat up. What does two weeks off at the end of the season mean to you? My goodness. That might be what swings the, the Super Bowl. If they are able to get two weeks off and fight the rest versus rust situation, all those kind of things, mm-hmm. stay sharp, mentally ready, all those things. But if they're able to figure that out, yeah. ooh, doggy. Yeah. There's something there, man. There's something there. It gets spicy. Okay. Then there is Pittsburgh at Seattle. When we talked about the NFC side of things and how it's a complete dumpster fire. Seattle's currently 8-7. and seven. They have the ability to control their own destiny. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, let's take a look at who they have remaining. As we discussed, they have the Steelers, but they also have the Cardinals. Those are two games they should absolutely win. Yeah, because the Steelers, that's, at, that's in Seattle, correct? Yes, in yeah. Seattle. Okay. Does that mean Seattle is necessarily in the driver's seat? Uh-huh. Well, again, you take a look at around them. Mm-hmm. They're eight and seven. The Rams are one are in the sixth spot at eight and seven, but they hold the tie break. Why? Because they beat the crap out of the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Okay, but because of the defunct nature of the NFC, you have the Vikings who are rolling. Who out quarterback next week? Uh, Jaron Jaron Hall, Hall from BYU. Yes. The Atlanta Falcons are rolling. Who out a quarterback? Maybe Heineke. I think maybe Heineke. Ritter. They'll make it up as they go. I think it's Heineke. Okay. But again, seven and eight, seven and eight, seven and eight, seven and eight. The Seahawks have the ability to basically put this thing to bed, mm-hmm. and they could be the last wild card team in this. Which, considering the season they've had, 
I'd call that a pretty rousing success. Well, look, and if they win those last two games, put, who would have seen them at 10 and 7 before the start of with the, the season? Well, with, hell, with the way the season started. Right? I mean, they limped out. Remember week one? We got an introdu- introduction to Puka Nakua. Yeah, yeah. Just absolutely carving that Seahawks team up. Yep. Matthew Stafford's neck came back to life, and all of a sudden, <laughs> what the hell are we watching? So the NFC is a little bit of a... a AFC is clear as mud. AFC, we, it will come down to last week. And I think I'm... We're, we're talking about, you know, 6, 7, 8, and kind of how those things shake out. Mm-hmm. What we should probably mention here is the Buffalo Bills are that six seed in the AFC. Yeah. And they finish with the craptastic Patriots mm-hmm. at Miami. Oof. So they'll get the 10 wins probably against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Probably. Probably. But the Bills have been throw your hand up weird all yeah. season. Yeah. Jekyll and Hyde. Which team shows up against Miami? And is there a team that, you know, and Finds their way here. If 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 the Bills, they should not. Absolutely should not. But the Patriots work their juju, and that's what they do. If they somehow drop this game to the Patriots, Russ, it gets weird. Yes. It gets real weird real quick. And then we're looking at, what, possibly one, two, three, four teams? At nine and seven, going into the final week, crazy. And you have matchup across the board because you're going to have the Colts playing the Texans, the Bills playing the Dolphins, and you go, uh oh, and you won't know. Right. They need to do this like uh, the shotgun start, mm-hmm. where everybody kicks off at the same time, so you so you don't know <laughs> where where like what you need to do. Yeah. How many points you need to win by? You just go out there and you go. Yeah. Oh God. Shotgun start football games? How great would that be? That'd be pretty, yeah. The, Just line everybody at, at center field doing yeah. the coin toss at the same time. Everybody waits till everybody's lined up for the kickoffs, and then, every, what, nine games yeah. across yeah. the NFL kick off at the same time? You got old Scott Hansen tossing to the 16 box. Oh, God! <laughs> ha! Ha! Every, every game currently. We now in the go red zone. to the 4x4. Four four. <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. That's the greatness right there. Shout out to the script writers. Shout out to the script writers in the NFL. Uh, quick little check in. Uh, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish are now up 24 nothing on your Oregon State Beavers. It's not going well. Silas Bolden is out the rest of the way. He injured something, and I saw uh, Deshaun Fenwick head to the sideline a bit ago, too. Yeah, the what what's left of... The Oregon State Beavers is getting trounced. Yeah, uh, by the it's Irish. not pretty. They're they're, getting, they're they're Notre Dame is almost tripling their offensive output. This is not great, Bob. No, sorry, Beavs. I, I, I wish that you were going to do better here, but also, who'd you pick? Do you pick Irish? Or you pick Beavs? I picked the Beavs. Oh no. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Jeff. Yeah. Well, I've got one up on you now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Do you know what's it paying me to pick that stupid team? I know, right? I picked against my school, and yeah. I picked the school I hate more than any of them. I was like, they're going to pick themselves up by their bootstraps, and they're going to band they, together. Oh, and... they got picked up by their bootstraps, and they yeah. got banded together. Well, I think they got picked up by their underwear straps. <laughs> <sighs> what do you want to do? You want to do some more bowl games? Sure. Let's do some more bowl games. We'll take a look at the 
I don't know, the preeminent matchup of college football, SEC versus Big Ten, Michigan versus Alabama. Coming up next. First, here's the Big Kahuna Sports Center update. you mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash this down? This is College Bowl Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Mods PDX. The future of building is here. On 1080 The Fan. It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Well, that sucks. I don't know where to start here. These uh, end of year in memoriams, they always, these, these pop up all the time. Oh, yeah. The names getting crossed. Yeah. And boy, did they have a bad one today. Yeah, this one hurts. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> Frank Thomas, the big herd is not dead. Frank Thomas, the 93-year-old former major leaguer, super dead. Yeah. However, uh, Fox managed to get that one wrong. Uh, interesting since, you know, Frank Thomas is an employee of Fox. Well, I think no longer is. Oh, he was. Former employee of yes. Fox. Yes. Uh, fact checking, not exactly. Yeah, point. some producer, some, well, I'm not going to say some producer, some technical director somewhere saw the name Frank Thomas and didn't, didn't do their due diligence and went, oh, I recognize that name. Big Hurt, the guy that does all the commercials for the blue pills. Well, and they probably also even in their, in their, in their head went, oh, yeah, I think I do remember that happening now. Yikes. Talked themselves into it. Yikes, dog. Well, Frank Thomas had to clarify. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very sorry my ex-employer, there you go, ex-employer, Fox would be this irresponsible on national TV this morning. Yes, I'm alive and doing well. This blows my mind also. Now, a little, little, quick little story time. Uh, my One of my best friends uh, lives in New York, upstate New York. And uh, I flew out there for his wedding back in 08. And I'd never been to Yankee Stadium. So uh, his dad is well connected in that state and he pulls some strings for us and he gets us some great seats to a Yankees game. Mm-hmm. Granted it's Yankees Blue Jays and the Blue Jays suck. Uh-huh. But you know who was on that team? Frank Thomas. <laughs> Frank Thomas Blue Jays and I got to see Roger Clemens pitch for the Yankees against the Frank Thomas Blue Jays. Very nice. And went down there early in the game and I watched this dude just mash taters in BP. And he is just, when he was playing, he was like uh, NFL ref Ed Hockley, who used to tailor his his ref jersey around his biceps. Yes. I think Frank Thomas did that too. <laughs> because they called him the big hurt because he was big. Yeah. And he put a hurting on the ball. But he was, even among big dudes, like, uh, we, you know, Victor Wembanyama last night. Even among big, big dudes. I took a picture of Jeremy Sohan and Victor Wembanyama in the same frame. Mm-hmm. So on is six foot eight, every bit of it. And in the background, they're they're both on the uh, baseline. Uh, so on close to me, Wemby further away in the background. Mm-hmm. Wemby even in the background, so on in the foreground, and Wemby bending down to take a jumper is still taller than so on. <laughs> like there's larger than life, and then there's Frank Thomas. And then there's larger than life. And there's Wemby. There's larger than life. There's Shaq. There's larger than life. Then there's Yao. Yeah. The big hurt was just this imposing figure. And now he hawks extends. 
Maybe next time they should check to see if he has extended his life. <laughs> but don't give me that. Don't give me that. You worked in a bad Hertz pun earlier. I don't want to hear it from you. So, oh, God, speaking of, of, of big Hurst, Notre Dame's going for a fourth and goal, and they get stopped. Oregon State gets a, uh, a mild victory. They will now get the ball back on the one-yard line down 24 nothing with 11-24 to go in the fourth quarter. Well, yeah, take your small victories, right? Because at this point, that's what you—that's what you got. Let's see if you let's see if you put the curse on Notre Dame here. You think you did it? I don't mm-hmm. know. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully for my sake, for your sake, selfishly. Is that what you're going for here? <laughs> yeah. The reverse jinx? Yes. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you? Always Jeff fade rust. rust. You're not wrong about that. Uh, apparently, it turns out always fade in memoriam announcements. <laughs> Yesterday, we talked about how the the uh, responsibility of media mm-hmm. and whether to, to report or not report things, what you do and don't leave out. And right. I don't want to bash on some kid because there's like a, you know this, mm-hmm. there's a 98% chance that this is some kid. Right. That did this work. Yeah. However, it did go into somebody's teleprompter. Some producer somewhere did see it. Yes. Somebody it had to some, have seen that package it, it, after it was done and before it made air. Somebody sells saw it. Or so somebody even, should have seen it. Yeah. So even if a kid did it, it went past the desk of somebody who should have known me. Yes. Because if you're of producer age, executive producer age, mm-hmm. you know who that man is. Exactly. Even if you don't know sports. Yeah. Even if that person is the most politically driven person who's never touched a ball in their life. Right. They've watched the political drama on NBC or CBS or Fox mm-hmm. and seen an Extends commercial. Yes. <laughs> and they know damn well and good that commercial's not still running if he's dead. <laughs> Yeah. To be clear, there was somebody who passed away that did ads on our network mm-hmm. a couple months ago. Yes. Where we sent an email go to corporate, hey, because uh, it was like that morning it had happened. So yes. the ads are already built in. Right. And we sent an email like, hey, want to get those off the air? Yeah. He's dead now. <laughs> let's, uh, let's find some of the other inventory. Let's, for that uh, let's find something else from them. <laughs> I know we've got other spots for them. <laughs> Yeah, that was a rough one. So again, yeah. somebody somewhere had to have known what was going on here. Yes. And the this is this is you know what this is? This is mailing it in at the end of the year. Yeah. Well, and like and, and listen, even somebody had to have put together a list of who to include in this before handing it to said young producer, video editor, and it what should have you. say Frank Thomas, 93 years old. Yeah. Not or 55. just even, or just even in there, Frank Thomas. No, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The one you're thinking of is the one that's still super alive. <laughs> just, you need to Google this one because you don't know this one. Yeah, man. Oh boy. All right. Well, when we come back, that's our worst day on the web. When we come back, we will dive again into Michigan and Alabama and what can come out of that game. Who has the upper hand? Who has more on the line? Danny and Dusty, Tinny the Fan. This is College Bowl Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Moz PDX. The future of building is here. On 1080 The Fan. I'm going to have a little bit more time to talk about the 
Michigan, Texas. So I'm going to push that here up to 2 o'clock because eh, it's a little bit of a little bit of a shorter segment here as we get into the 2 o'clock hour. Uh, one, of the, one of the things, we'll, we'll talk about this also some, some more as well. The Portland Trailblazers took on the San Antonio Spurs last night. And you had the first matchup of Victor Wembanyama versus Scoot Henderson. And it did not go the way of the Portland Trailblazers. No, from the get-go, it certainly did not. No, not in any way, shape, matter, or form. And if you take a look at that first quarter, uh, I brought it up last night. The Portland Trailblazers uh, in 19... Was it 93? 1990. I can't remember. I'm, I'm struggling right now. It was basically what the Trailblazers had as the immaculate quarter, and it was against the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs. Oh, I think it was like 90-ish. Was, I remember listening to that game in my in my bedroom downstairs on the on the old radio. I believe it was 1990. Okay. Um, they went up with the Spurs 48-19 in a time period where offenses were not scoring like that. Right. That first quarter for the Blazers last night was heading that way. It was the Spurs chose vengeance. Yes. <clears throat> and uh it ended up 38-14 in the post game. Chauncey Bell said uh he wasn't sure they were going to they were going to score 10. Well, they almost did points in the quarter. And it was a struggle. Okay, the Portland Trailblazers finished 5 of 23 in the quarter, 21.7%. They had more turnovers, 7 than made shots. Oof. It was rough. Yeah. A big part of that was Scoot Henderson in his eight, mi- eight and a half minutes, one of four, over one from three, two fouls, one steal, three turnovers, four points. One thing I like to see from Scoot last night is his aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you got to know when to take that one back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon did not help him out going 0 for 3. Jeremy Grant going 1 for 5. Skylar Mays coming in and going 0 for 4. It was an S show of epic proportions. And yet, the Blazers win the second quarter 31 21, the third quarter 29 28, and then a tie in the fourth quarter 31 31. They run the remainder of the game plus 11. But when you go down plus 24. Yeah. That's how this goes. Yeah, that's a big hole to dig yourself out of. Indeed. Scoot Henderson, though, I did like uh, talking to him in the postgame. So, uh, so talking to other media members, there's a similarity in Scoot to Dame and how Scoot conducts himself in the media. Very professional. Uh, for a 19-year-old kid to... This is going to sound so obnoxious, but I don't mean it this way. Scoot looks you in the eyes when he answers. Like if you're the person that asks the question, yes, he responds to you. Mm-hmm. He doesn't respond to the group. And it's so rare. God, I'm an old man on a porch right now. It is so rare for me to talk to somebody half my age mm-hmm. and have them look me in the eye directly with a response. Right. And... He he's very quick to respond. Hey, what do you think of it? He's got some, and it's because he. I I don't want to say he's eager to please, but I think he is eager to please. Mm-hmm. But it's not out of selfishness. I think he genuinely wants to make people happy, and I think Dame had a lot of that too. Where if you if you were willing to give him time and respect, he was going to return the favor. And I think Scoot is trying to figure out who he is, not only on the court, but off the court. 
because without getting to what was said or what wasn't said, there have been numerous times when as soon as this, the cameras go off, he lets his guard down. Mm-hmm. And again, this is not this is not a shot at Scoot. This is, I think, him trying to figure himself out. And I think this actually lends itself to being on the court. He has they're not necessarily platitudes that he goes to, uh-huh. but it's hey, you know, you had you had uh, ten assists today. Yeah, my teammates are hitting shots. Yeah, coach speak type stuff. Yes, very yeah. much. But there's times when you you turn off the mic and you you start to talk to him, and he lets his guard down a little bit, and he shows his personality, mm-hmm. and it just crushes the whole room. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> and I think he's trying to find like, okay, how much of myself can I really show? Yeah. And it, people are gonna say, oh, he should be willing to do that. No. His 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 team, his agent, his marketing, his PR brand, the, everyone. This this is true for every top lottery pick. Mm-hmm. They're crafting an image. Dame's image was, I want to say it was real, but it was also crafted. His realness was crafted because they knew that he could be authentic while also holding back some stuff. Look, I mean, again. I've heard a million things from him off record over mm-hmm. the years. Nothing that would contrast that he's anything but authentic. Yeah. But I think Scoot is trying to figure that out. And it's also lending itself to being on the court of who he is. And I think you saw last night that even though he struggled, and boy did he struggle, he was 8 of 23, What where you can find some promises is that he doesn't stop. Even after a poor start, he kept shooting. Mm-hmm. He kept driving. He kept being aggressive. Took seven threes last night. Hit three of them. Yeah. Three of seven, that's 43%. Yeah. That's good, ladies that's and gentlemen. Good. We'll take that and run yep. every single night. Also, six free throw attempts. That aggressiveness got him to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Guess what he shot? Six of six. Very nice. Six turnovers? Sucks. Five fouls? Sucks. Four assists, sucks. Four assists isn't on him. They didn't hit shots. They shot under 35% as a team. They shot under 31% from three. At one point last night, Jeff, they were, God, I'm trying to remember what it was, five of 40? Both teams combined. Five of 40 from three. Yeah. So, so they ended up... Yourself, that's about, what, 12.5%? So they ended up 21 of 72. So they got hot little little, little periods. Yeah. Little, these little spurts of like, yeah, eh, okay, okay. I see what you're doing here. But the shooting was abysmal. Spurs shot 27.8%. Blazers shot 30.6%. Uh, you had 60 total free throws in the game. And both teams, I mean, the Spurs ended up shooting 48% from the field, which is insane considering uh, after the first quarter they were shooting uh, 67% from the field. 67% of the field. Why? Because in the second quarter they shot 5 of 17, 29%. Yeah. Also known as um, Victor Wembanyama didn't play. <laughs> no, I kid. Uh, Vic did play seven minutes in the second quarter. He hit two of their five shots. He was two for three. Two for three. Yeah. Uh, one other fine note from last night. The story of Ibu Baji. Baji gets in and gets real minutes for the first time in his NBA career. 
Plays four minutes and 41 seconds in the second quarter because of uh, Duop Reef being out with back spasms, DeAndre Ayton out with right knee tendonitis, uh, and then being down to Moses Brown and Baji. Baji was just recently called up as a part of the team. Uh, he is on a two-way deal. He gets real minutes in the game. He, he made his debut the other night and played for two minutes. Didn't record anything in the box score. Then he comes out in 441. The Blazers are down 44-19, I believe was the score, 41-19. And a shot comes off the rim, and Baji catches it behind his head and throws down an absolute hammer. Absolute hammer of a putback dunk. Gets his first points. Gets the free throw line. Knocks down a free throw, which I was like, hey, there you go. And then he front run the second one. I go, ah. That's what I've seen in practice a few times. <laughs> still working that out. Still working those kinks out. Yeah. For those that don't know, Ibabaji from Senegal, he is the first player to come through NBA Africa, the NBA program that is getting a ton of buzz right now heading into this year's draft, to sign an NBA contract. He came to the game of basketball at 16 years old, much like Joel Embiid. For those that don't know, Joel Embiid had a massive growth spurt as a soccer player and went, I can't do that anymore. Right. Um, Baji is a wonderful, wonderful human, speaks five different languages, uh, talks crap in all of them. Uh, <laughs> absolutely great. Uh, if you want, go to my Twitter. You get some great quotes from him last night. Just a s- sweetheart of a human being. Uh, but he grabs four rebounds and gets a block shot in his first shift and goes out to a near standing ovation. And although the Blazers lost the game, he gave them juice. Yeah. He gave them real life. He finishes the game, uh, his first real game as a pro. Seven points, nine rebounds, three blocks, three of three from the field. Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Not and uh, talked a whole lot of crap to Zach Collins, which I love to see. Yes. I per- Personally, I love to see it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's that's your, your Scoot versus Wemby uh, highlights. And then we will dive into the game itself uh, last night and then what to look at tonight. Uh, and where the Blazers currently stand. But first, we do need to talk about Michigan and Alabama. Woo, doggy! The game of all games heading into the college football playoff. Danny and Dusty, Danny the fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 